Hi there, welcome back to Sky High Musings. I am Monica, and we are going to be jumping into part two of the Lula Rich with Lori interview. She is somebody who reached a high status at the Lula Row company before it kind of turned south. It's still in business, but it did turn south. If you have not listened to episode one, I highly recommend that you go back and listen to it. And I also recommend that you watch the documentary if you have time. It is outstanding. And I just think it's such a great, um, it just shines such a great light on how these MLMs and eventually this became a pyramid scheme uh, in the grandest way can kind of prey on women. And one thing we did not mention in the actual interview, but it is actually in the documentary, and this is a bit of a spoiler alert, but they actually had some women who are selling their breast milk to fund this. So that just is like a little tidbit from the documentary, which is why I think it's something that is definitely worth watching. Okay, here we go. Part two. Just randomly. So I sort of knew a little of this just on the periphery. I don't know how I knew it. Maybe it's just because I don't watch a lot of news or whatever, but on some level, right around 2017, I started picking up that there was some trouble afoot at LuLaRoe. Yes. I had no idea what it was, and I never researched it. I didn't care. It was just not on my radar. And then um, and then I'm just literally just sort of looking through. It's on Netflix, right, the documentary? It's on Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. So I'm just starting to hear this scuttlebutt on our the Facebook page where I found you. Um, yes. And... I started hearing the scuttlebutt about Lula Rich, which is on Amazon Prime, and I'm and they were talking about that it was about Lula Row, and I'm like, ooh, I gotta take a t- take time and and check that out. And my husband, who I actually think he would have really liked the documentary, even though it seems like it's something that's very female centric, I think that anybody who understands anything about business or even just uh, wants an inside track to these kind of MLMs. I think it's just fascinating. And I do have some male listeners and I really recommend the documentary. I think it's fabulous. Um, so the documentary, it starts out, I just got to set the tone because, um, who, what are the two main people's names, the husband and wife? Deanne and Mark. Deanne and Mark. So there they are sitting next to each other you know, in these chairs. And I don't know what they were thinking. Like if they thought this was going to be a fluff piece on LuLaRoe, I have no idea, but it is stunning to me how revealing their interview was. And I don't think they even knew that it was going to be like, what was the sense you, you have talked to them, met them, seen them operate. Like had meals with them. Yeah. 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 Right. Um, I think, a lot of it comes down to is Mark is truly a narcissist. Right. Of course, I'm not diagnosing anyone. Right. With Understand. That, yep. So I think what I had heard was that they were offered, you know, we are making a documentary. You can be interviewed if you'd like. We're doing it anyway. So if you want to share your side, you can. And um, I believe they interviewed almost six hours. Oh, I believe they, it. Because they, there was... Yeah. I, I forget how many parts were in this the series, but, you know, of course I had to watch it start to finish. My husband was on a trip, so I didn't really have him watch it. But if he ever wanted to watch it, I would 100% watch it again because I had just watched 
a, another, it was either 2020 or an actual documentary, but it was a pretty in-depth piece about um, uh, Jim Baker and Tammy Faye Baker. And this couple reminded me of them to a T. And by that, I mean, they were very, you could tell that once they got on their pulpit, and I mean that like literally and figuratively, they were very insulated. Like their world became small and small in the sense that they were just certain everything they were doing was right. Absolutely. Right? And so Absolutely. they, I mean, that was my, just my, my, what, what I took away from that. And, um, and so there was that, that kind of like, to me, it was almost a linear, like if you put Tammy Faye Baker and Jim Baker next to these two people, it was like the exact same, like progression. And then with regard to the narcissism and I can't diagnose anyone either, but I certainly see that because he this is the part that blew me away. This is the part where I was so hooked was he, she started talking about how strong women are and then he interrupted her. Do you know what I'm talking about? If you had to take one little snippet that perfectly sums up Lula Road, that's it. It was brilliant. And whoever put that documentary together, I was like, this is brilliant. It is so good. And a big thing with LuLaRoe that you were always pushed was that you can be successful enough that you can retire your husband. Retire your husband. That was the big thing. It was, you know, it would be posted in our Facebook groups, you know, so-and-so, oh, my husband just gave his notice. He's leaving his job. LuLaRoe, we have retired our husband. My husband is an electrical engineer, a former Army, and he told me he was like, I don't care how much money you make, that will never be happening. Yeah. And I, I understood that completely. And it's interesting from his point of view, the only time he was fully immersed in LuLaRoe the way I was, was going on a cruise in February 2017. I made him go with me on that cruise. And we had the entire ship was LuLaRoe. So, I mean, there was no escaping it for seven days. Wow. And it was during that time, there were mandatory trainings that we had to go to, which I guess was a way that they were then able to write it off as a business expense. Right. So we went to this training. I dragged him with me. And he, when we were leaving, he was like, we need to seriously talk about this. Wow. Wow. And, you know, that really was also another little push of me starting to be on the way of realizing that not everything was rosy. Um, was just having that outsider perspective. Well, how great it is. I mean, you know, I don't know your husband and I don't really even know you, but how great is that, that not only did he say it, but you were open to it, right? I mean, that's important. That that's an important piece of this. And then on top of that, so this is the part that kept running through my mind as I was watching the documentary, Lula Rich, was it felt very cult-like to me. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm not wrong. My absolute final snapping point was, is there were leadership conferences, again, that you had to pay to go to. And I don't know if we've talked specifically about the leadership levels in LuLaRoe, so let me just go over that Please, yes. I know it's changed since I left. There's now just a sponsor where that's if you have anyone underneath you, that's your title, you're a sponsor. Um, when I was in, the first rank that you hit was trainer, which meant you had at least three people
directly underneath you, but a total of 10. They could all be 10 direct or three who each had people underneath them to make that 10. Um, the next step up was coach, which meant you had at least three trainers underneath you. Then the top tier was mentor, which is what there is one mentor featured in um, Courtney, who's featured in um, Lula Rich, which she was the first mentor to leave, which was a big deal because these are the people making the six figure bonus checks. Every right, month. right. So I wonder, I was a little muddy about that. Did she leave when things were good? Like, did she leave when she was really, like, way up there still? Yeah, I mean, she was still, I don't know how large her checks were, because, again, that was all contingent on every one of those pieces underneath of you selling the amount they needed to and all of that. So I don't know if she was still qualifying or being paid as mentor when she left. Um, So I, I don't know that. Okay. So, um, yeah, but it, it, it was, it it was very, uh, the, the kind of cult of personality. I don't know if you know that expression, but it felt to me almost like if you were, uh, let's just say, I'm just imagining I'm on the cruise and, and you're my friend and I've known you outside of LuLaRoe for some reason, we were just friends. And then we both got into this together. The way it felt to me was if you didn't have that kind of relationship with somebody already, Well, actually, you and your husband are a great example. If you didn't have somebody who wasn't, who knew you in, you know, like before LuLaRoe, it feels like if you were at that conference and you were just went along and you didn't really have anyone else kind of outside of the organization to bounce things off of, it seems like you would have been like, I can't say anything counter to what is happening. You know, like... Oh, absolutely not. There were people, in fact, there were close friends of mine who had signed up underneath me who in our one of our Facebook groups she had I mean there was nothing that was you know inflammatory oh sorry it's okay usually it's <laughs> my dog bark puppy yeah <laughs> but um she had just some very serious concerns that she voiced in this group and instead of you know doing the adult thing of like okay let's address these she was just blocked Banned from the group. Gone. Wow. Wow. And that was a very common practice. Right. And it's just so ugly because then what that, what that does is it completely eliminates any kind of, um, I don't mean diversity in the kind of sense that we know it today, but just any kind of diverse thought that anyone's having, you, you absolutely have to march step with the LuLaRoe doctrine. Yes. Which is the reason I felt like it was cult-like because it seemed to me like, and then wasn't there a part in there where the leader actually started spewing um, like Mormon doctrine, which I, this is nothing against the Church of Latter-day Saints, but that doesn't seem like it has a place in business. Yes, and I am not a religious person at all, and that actually happened at the convention that I was at um, in 2016 uh, when we were there in California in July. That started and it was like, okay. I'm, and I've always kind of looked, well, I'm not religious. I understand if other people are and if that gives them comfort, more power to them. You know, that's how I've always viewed that. Um, but it was definitely pushed on us much more than you would expect. Yeah, yeah. So that that's really interesting, too. And then the um, the, the rest of the part, like, I just... I was just in awe of everything. Like that when you said that the family members had absolutely no business 
um, you know, running this giant business, I thought to myself, it's almost like they succeeded in spite of themselves. Like, like it seems to me like in no way, shape or form, they should have never even, and I use succeed in a very loose term because obviously there were major problems. I mean, they're still under, I think they're still under investigation right now for this kind of quasi Ponzi scheme that they've set up. Um, but it, it's just stunning to me that they just were like, yep, no, we're doing this. And then, um, and then there were the, was the one gentleman who, uh, Felt like he had the his I don't know his name. He had like his fingers in all the pies. You know, he was and he was kind of a nice looking guy. Do you know who I'm talking about? I'm trying to think of which one. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, it was just just the level of kind of audacity that was going on. It, it, it was stunning, you know, to the to the outside observer. And then yes. um, and then when they had the designer on. Um, did you know her? Had you ever met her? I had not ever met her. I met her boss. Though. Okay. I was stunned at how young she was. Like yes. in the, in the, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe she just looks very young, but she was very young looking. And I loved how open she was in the documentary. Yes. And um, when she was basically saying, yeah, we pretty much, you know, knocked off other artists' stuff because the volume of, of art that they were having to develop to make these prints was just off the chain. And yes. um, I thought that was a pretty juicy piece of inside info because it, it's not that surprising because I remember the owl print in particular seemed like one I had seen before. Yes. But... Um, but just kind of the notion that there she is in all her glory, you know, on the documentary, basically saying, yep, yep, we did it, you know. And, yeah, and, and in fact, what they didn't, I was shocked they didn't address in the documentary, which makes me hopeful there will be more episodes added to it, is there was a print that came out that literally the fabric had been printed with the artist's watermark still on it. Well, you know what, what would happen? I feel like what would happen in that circumstance is they would just send them out and be like, oh, yeah, these are rare. They're worth even extra. Yep, exactly. <laughs> you know, that's... There were some prints that were inappropriate in my onboarding, uh, and I don't mean, you know, crude or anything like that, but they were just symbols that just happened to be in the print that, you know, in my initial order that I got were leggings that it was like, is that a swastika? I mean, it wasn't intentionally a swastika. It was lines that could be made to... and. So there, there was that issue. They did recall that design. You got to send those back and get credit for them. But then there were also um, sock monkeys that very much were in blackface. Yep, that yep. That was not appropriate. That they, um, they also did a recall on those. But you had people who then those were their ultimate unicorn, which is what they called any sought-after right. which was a unicorn. Right. You know, was to have something like that. Which is the scarcity mentality. It's like, oh, yes. I have to have that unicorn. And... I think people actually set up eBay sites that would have these unicorns and they were selling oh, these, yeah. these quote unquote unicorns for like, if the, the basic price is 25 bucks, I think they were going up for, you know, hundreds of dollars Yes, for these, they were. these leggings that probably cost $5 to make $5 or less, you know? And, um, so that part was great too. It was just, uh, what did you think overall of the of the like did it feel accurate to you the documentary it did. and i think it's funny because there are a lot of former former consultants and they talk about in the defectors group 
that um, we had that people that were upset with it, they were like, well, it didn't share everything. And someone made a very poignant statement and they said, it's not, the documentary was not for you. We know what went on. This is for everyone else who had no idea that this was going on and continues to go on. Right, right. And that's the part, it is beyond me how they've been able to stay in business. It's absolutely beyond me. I mean, their business practices seem like very suspect, suspect, and then they've been investigated, you know, and I think are still under investigation, and and yet they just kind of soldier on, and and you know, so I wonder. I know you're not in it anymore. I wonder if they've softened some of their tactics and have and have relaxed some of their policies. Do you have any idea, like based on just kind of word through the grapevine? I don't, and that was another thing that you know. Policies were applied and enforced very selectively. Yeah. You know, there was, if you had spoken up and there were some things that they didn't like that you had said or suggested, you guaranteed you would get an email from compliance saying you had done something wrong. Meanwhile, other people were doing things blatantly against the terms and conditions of our contracts. Yeah. And so that was applied very selectively. In fact, I had a very good friend who still is that I met through Little Row that was a consultant who just really, I mean, she went whole hog. She bought a tour bus, a legitimate tour bus that her husband, they bought it in Texas, I believe. He drove it back to Maryland. They completely... Um, went in and ripped it out, made it into a mobile clothing boutique, had it wrapped, everything. I mean, it was perfection. I'm sure she spent in excess of six figures on it. Um, she did, and she sure enough got an email from compliance that she could not use the logo on the bus. Oh my gosh, that is insane. It's like she's doing so much good. She's actually doing something positive, representing your brand very well. And you choose to do that. Wow. Wow. I wonder if they were somehow threatened by her, like her success. I think that's absolutely what it was with that, is that she did something and did it so well where they had tried similar things and had not done it nearly as well. So, yeah. Right, right. So, um, so overall, what, what would be your um, kind of your biggest takeaway from both being in the organization and also watching... Um, watch oh wait i want to talk about one more thing and that's this that's this weight loss surgery situation yeah so because it was once again it's that weird culty thing where deanna deanna right had had deanne had had this weight loss surgery in tijuana and then she starts funneling her 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 the reps that are underneath her down there to get the same surgery yes so what it was is there. Um, once you kind of came on the radar with them, if you needed to lose any weight whatsoever, it was, well, you can just go down to Tijuana. And in fact, her sister would meet you, fly into San Diego. Her sister would meet you and take you to Tijuana, bring you back, recover for a few days, fly home. Wow. I have a friend of mine in Maryland who was actually, it was the day before she was supposed to fly to San Diego and she put the brakes on it and said, I, I can't do this. Yeah. But there were many, many people, Deanne herself, she's in the videos promoting this surgeon in Tijuana for that. And you were definitely encouraged to go that route. 
if you were overweight. Right. So now let's let, let's just briefly touch on that because this that hits me on like so many levels. I mean, you've got so now it's kind of a and my husband gets really mad when I throw this word around too much, but it's very misogynistic. You know, uh, yes. here they are saying, "Oh, well, we we love women and women are the are the backbone of our of our, you know, business and and yet they're more than happy to walk on women and tell them they're stale." And then now they're saying, oh, and you also have to meet our aesthetic of what is beautiful and, yes. and what is good. Because while, while at the same time being a size-inclusive clothing company. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Touting themselves as, oh, well, you know, our, our tall and curvy fits everyone, you know. Yes. Which, by the way, they were magical, but that's a whole other yes. story. Um, I mean, like I said, I, 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 I had my fun time with LuLaRoe leggings and I... I no regrets, you know, like I, everything yeah. I bought, I liked, you know, it was, yes. it was a hundred percent success for me, but I never, you know, went down the rabbit hole, you know, I never yeah. went any further than just being a $25 a pop consumer for gifts right. and fun little, you know, stocking stuffers and stuff like that. So, um, so anyway, um, yeah, I thought that was just insane. The whole, Oh, I'll send you to my guy in Tijuana. And then, on the on the documentary, when they kind of called her out on it, she was like, she was so like still standing by it, like yeah, yeah. of course I did that. Why wouldn't I? Like I'm yeah. I'm looking out for my sisters, you know. And I'm like, it was just literally SMDH. I'm just sitting there, like, are you even kidding me right now? Yeah, and it goes back to that whole narcissistic of I can do no wrong. I am absolutely anything. Any mistake I made, well, that was just something, you know. That just made us stronger in the law. There are no mistakes. We just get better and realize they're blessings. We are just so blessed. Yes. <laughs> yes. And um, I, I just, I was riveted. And as you can tell, I mean, I just, and then when I, once again, when I kind of put them next to Jim and Tammy, Tammy Faye Baker, I'm like, you got to watch them both. Like, it, like it, within a couple days of each other and, and you see it and it's really, really something. It's just like, wow. How can people walk around in these little bubbles thinking that everything they're doing is right and and everyone else is wrong and stale and bad and fat and whatever the things are right yeah. and and you know and it's just something so having watched those and also been in it um because we're going to wrap this up um what what would be like a conclusion or a lesson learned or just something that we can kind of take away from this whole thing is 99% of people in MLMs will not only not make money, but lose money. So, and especially now in today's job market, I think they're, the world is your oyster, especially for legitimate work from home jobs. Right. There are much better alternatives. And I know they tell you all the right things to make it you can do this, you can be successful, you'll have all the time in the world for your family while still providing this income, and it's just not how it works. Right, right. I mean, I think that's a beautiful thing, and do you recommend that people watch the um, the Lula Rich? Do you think it's worthy? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. It, yes. it really makes for a great conversation because, like I said, I think that um, 
So part of my podcast, this is just a little history for you and the audience. They probably don't know this, but I find, um, I enjoy celebrity like it's kind of like, oh, you know, it's fun to see what the celebrities are up to. And I'm not anti-celebrity or pro-celebrity, but I think of celebrity people, everyone always kind of treats them like they're special and what they have is unobtainable. And what I love, and this is literally the reason I started my podcast, is I think quote-unquote regular people are fascinating. And I, yes. I love your story. I think it's just, it's so... First of all, it's so relevant. And second of all, you're really great for sharing it. And, you know, so I'm super appreciative. But I just, that's just my whole, like, kind of overall, like, wrap it up in a bow is, you know, here's somebody who lived that documentary. Yeah. So in a way, you're like a star of that show. I mean, not really, because you weren't <laughs> in it's it. it's funny because there was so much when they knew the documentary was coming out and just things, you know, from the Facebook groups that I'm still in of past consultants, you know immediately the spin of they're all just bitter they couldn't make it they were all failures that's why they have to well but I wasn't right but you know what that is Lori that's the cult of personality they have bought in hook line and sinker and they're still their buy-in is still there even if they're not in the company that mental buy-in is still happening repeatedly in their mind they're still thinking to themselves well they're stale I mean they really bought into that right yeah yeah and it's kind of frightening to think that people are so malleable, you know, that they, that their own psyches, and I'm not blaming them because there's a million reasons people get like that, including myself. There have been times where I feel like I've been overly influenced by um, something that, I, you know, it's not anything nefarious, but it's like where my buy-in was like a little bit like too much, you know, into some, yes. you know, idea. And um, so it's, no one's immune to it, but I just think it's fascinating that, um, that it's still being propagated by people who aren't doing it anymore. It's just, to me, that shows how uh, impactful these two people were on people's lives. So on that, Lori, I want to thank you for joining us. It was fabulous. And um, I would love to have you back again. We could talk about something else. What do you think? Oh, yeah, we can do all sorts of yes. Perfect. (laughs) All right. Well, um, thanks a lot. And uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Bye-bye. As always, I'd like to thank you for joining today. And if you like what you heard, please leave a five-star review and subscribe to the channel.